Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the UK, about one in four adults are affected by obesity, which is linked to diabetes, heart disease, and some cancers. But recently, a study has documented the effect of giving a drug called semaglutide to 2,000 people over just over a one-year period. The drug mimics a gut hormone called GLP-1 to boost insulin levels, and it's already used to treat diabetes. The study subjects lost an average of 15 kilos on the drug, suggesting it might be an effective way to support weight loss. My name's Katie Haler, and I asked Cambridge University geneticist and obesity specialist Giles Yeo to take me through the results of the study, which have recently come out in the New England Journal of Medicine. We now have a once-weekly injection which can, at least from the trials, get on average 15 kilograms of weight loss over the period of about 15 months with very few side effects. The earlier versions of this drug are currently available in a once daily injection. The key here is to jump to once weekly, which makes it more palatable, pun intended, for whatever molecular reason, this particular molecule is more effective, sticks around the bloodstream longer to signal to the brain to get you to eat less. It's not new biology, but it's a new formulation of this particular class of drug that that has made this such a game changer. What did the scientists actually do in this clinical trial? Just around 2,000 people were recruited. Two-thirds were given the, the weekly injections of this drug called semaglutide, um, and one-third were given the placebo, but all participants were given dietary and health uh, advice. So this was a randomized control trial. What kind of dietary and sort of lifestyle advice are we talking about? Because that phrase covers a lot. These tend to be meetings with a nutritionist, usually once a week, and some, you know, documentation. So, you know, people are given educational information about what constitutes healthy food and not healthy food, what's high in fiber, that kind of thing. And if you look at the data, the placebo group, over the period of time, about 15 months, lost on average two and a half kilograms. Whereas the treatment group lost on average 15 kilos of weight. How representative were these just under 2,000 people of the general population? I would guess they're not going to be representative in terms of what we would think in a population-based study. You've got to be in a position to be willing to volunteer for the trial, to come in and get, get yourself injected. Um, but that being said, these were all people trying to lose weight. Whether or not it's representative of the population Genetically or not, at least from the biological perspective, there is no reason to imagine why, on average, most people won't respond to this treatment. And did it actually work for everyone who had the drug? Did everyone lose more weight than the control group? So I think some people lost very, very little weight, whereas other people lost stones and stones of weight. And so what we're looking at is an average in which there is a range of responses. Now, are there going to be individual biological genetic differences which indicate, am I going to be more or less responsive to this particular drug? I think undoubtedly the answer is going to be yes, but we can now do the genetic study to try and identify who's going to be more or less responsive to this particular drug. 
What is the drug doing? The source molecule, GLP-1, is a gut hormone. And most gut hormones make you feel full. This is their natural role. And so what the drug has done is hijack the natural signaling pathway of making us naturally feel fuller. How safe is this drug at this higher dose? It does appear safe. Certainly nobody in the trial of over 2,000 people And to be fair, from this class of drugs, tens and tens of thousands of people who have now been injected with it have actually suffered any really severe illnesses for it to be not be safe. Otherwise, it wouldn't have got to where it is now. There are, however, side effects. And the side effects tend to involve um, nausea and or constipation and diarrhea. Not significant enough to actually cause a huge amount of dropout, because this is always the key to make sure that the dosing works for the largest number of people possible. And I think as the drug gets rolled out to more and more people, we're probably going to have refinements in what kind of dose is going to work the best for certain groups of people. How long is this actually going to work for? Would people basically have to take this drug forever? Yes, the drug will only work for as long as it's being injected. You have to consider this drug sort of like going on a diet. And if you stop your diet, the weight will come back on. Equally, if you stop this drug, the weight probably will come back on as well. Obesity is complex and multifaceted. So do you think this treatment would be appropriate for everyone? Okay, this is now personal opinion. As an injectable, and given that it's going to be funded by the NHS, I would imagine that it will go to the people who need to lose weight now, people who are actually in the obese range and are therefore at risk of the various nasty illnesses that come along with obesity. How do you contextualize this research against the current backdrop, I guess? So I think this is going to have to be one of the tools that we use. It's a very powerful tool, particularly for the more severely obese that need to lose weight rapidly. This does not take away from the other tools available in our arsenal. I think we are also going to have to fix the food environment we live in. And we are also going to need to tackle the sticky situation of privilege, of poverty. We know that certainly in this country, in North America and Europe, decreasing socioeconomic class is tightly linked to increased risk of obesity and other, and other diseases. That was Giles Yeo from Cambridge University.